Hey SPS family, Happy New Year. My name is Timmy and I've been part of this wonderful church family since 2014, which feels like a very long time ago given all that's happened in the world since then. I tried to look back in my camera roll to see what was happening around that time and couldn't actually go back far enough. In fact, I think I actually had a now obsolete Blackberry back then. Sad times, rest in peace to Blackberry. But today I want to explore something that will never go out of date, never lose its usefulness, and that is of course prayer. The Here Are Prayer activities of the month so far have been such an encouragement, reminding us that prayer is both a personal and a collective activity that helps us all to connect to God, our Heavenly Father. Mark talked about how prayer is a natural part of being human and seeking connection with God but takes a conscious effort to transition from being instinctive to intentional. Phil reminded us last week that how you pray is how you live. So we should develop our spiritual habit of prayer to release wonder, waiting and wanting. And today we will start our week of prayer, which I encourage you all to take part in, especially by signing up for a prayer slot in the 24-7 challenge. Visit sps.church forward slash hear our prayer for all the info. You could pray individually, in pairs or as a group, wherever you are, or come into the special prayer area at church during your slot. Today, I want to start with a question. Have you ever felt unappreciated? Or, or maybe you've given a gift and you felt that the gift was unappreciated or at least underappreciated especially after Christmas. You know, when you spent hours searching for the gift or maybe even making the perfect gift for a friend that's both sentimental and practical, and then comes the moment of truth, you hand it over nicely wrapped up with a bow on top and you watch intently as they rip the paper off. And then all you hear is, oh, thanks. That's nice of you. Pain. You might see them use it once or, or wear it now and again, but you probably expected it to hold a much greater place in their heart. I sometimes think that is actually how we underappreciate the Lord's Prayer. We say it, hear it a lot, but do we use and cherish the guidance Jesus gave us through that prayer? Today I want to unpack just how useful this prayer can be, either as a starting point or an entire structure for our prayer life and connecting with God. Even the occasion on which Jesus gave us this prayer was amazing. I was watching a film recently and clips of Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech were played during a scene. And everyone knows of that speech as being powerful stuff, probably the greatest speech of the last hundred plus years. By comparison, the Sermon on the Mount is regarded by many as the most important speech ever delivered. Jesus perched on a mountainside in Galilee, crowds and crowds of people around him, no notes to hand, and yet over the course of three whole chapters of the book of Matthew, and that's five to seven, we read of all the guidance and wisdom that he shared with them. Everything from turning the other cheek, giving to the needy and humility, advice on not worrying, all of this is included in the Sermon on the Mount. And I would encourage you to take it all in when you have a chance. Much of our modern morality and principles of justice and fairness come from this talk. And here in Matthew chapter six, Jesus even teaches us how to pray. Reading from verse six. But when you pray, go into your room, 
close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This speaks to what Mark mentioned a couple of weeks ago about making sure we find a certain place and make a deliberate time for prayer. And then Jesus continued in verse nine, this then is how you should pray. Now I'm gonna stop there before we even look at each part of the Lord's prayer. Because I'm a big believer that we are called to try and live our lives based on Jesus's example. The love and compassion he showed, the selflessness and humility, even knowing his own awesome power. Just imagine if the difficult world we live in now was full of people, leaders, politicians, all trying to live like Jesus. How much better a place would it be? First John 2 says in verse 5, but if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. So maybe we have some work to do to really live like Jesus. But with this prayer, we can at least pray like him. He has given us a perfect starting point, especially for those times in life when prayer might seem difficult and we don't know what to say or where to start. So in verse nine, this then is how you should pray. There are seven petitions in the Lord's Prayer, but I like to consider them in groupings. First, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God is Father to us all, reigning over his incredible creation from heaven. He is so worthy of our praise and worship. It makes complete sense for our prayers to start here. We have so much to be thankful for, which all comes as a gift from him. This reminds us not to put anything above God in terms of importance in our lives. Connection with him should be first priority, just as he intended it when he created Adam and walked with him in the Garden of Eden. Then your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here, theologians often talk about God's permissive or preferred will, what he wants to happen. One thing we know from Jesus in John chapter 13 uh, is that a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. We can bring heaven on earth by sharing hope and love and joy with those around us, especially the needy. And ever since Adam and Eve went against God's wishes and compromised our relationship with him, we have lived in a broken world that isn't how God wanted it to be. He would love for it to be more like heaven, more like his kingdom. So let's make that a prayer for ourselves. Then we ask God to give us today our daily bread. God is our provider, so we can confidently ask him for all we need. This mention of daily bread always reminds me of Exodus 16, when the Israelites had come out of Egypt, found themselves in the hot, harsh, empty desert and couldn't help but think of all the juicy food and deliveroo options they had left behind in Egypt. In response to their need, every morning God provided an unexplainable bread-like substance, manna, which in Hebrew actually means what is it, and 
As a source of food, it would be on the ground as they woke up and quail for protein to keep their strength up. And this wasn't for a day or week or a month. He provided this daily for 40 years. When we pray for our needs, it's not about mere wants or extravagances. This pandemic has probably served as a reminder of what our true needs really are. But we can ask and trust God to provide when we pray about it. There is also another translation of daily bread based on the Greek word epiousios, meaning super substantial, which perhaps refers to how we sometimes describe the word of God as our daily bread or Jesus as the bread of life. He is in fact all we need. Deuteronomy 8 says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. True sustenance is from our Father. Verse 12 of this chapter, we read, and forgive us our debts or our sins, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgiveness. Now, this is always a hot topic on the Alpha Course, which we've just started again, so feel free to join us. And I'm going to challenge you on this one, on two counts. First, let's ensure we have a clean bill of forgiveness of our own sins whenever possible. This is a really important part of accepting the salvation earned for us on the cross when Jesus died. We only have to ask and we can be forgiven, daily if required. Some days I feel I've done all right on my sin count, maybe even a clean sheet, but it's still worth making the request in prayer to ensure a right relationship with God. Secondly, forgiving others is probably one of the hardest things we ever have to do. It's commonly said that not forgiving someone is like you drinking poison and expecting the other person to suffer. No, it's only to our own detriment when we harbor unforgiveness. It gets in the way of positive interactions and can even impact our relationship with God as it is something he has clearly instructed us to do. I don't think we even know what we're missing out on by not forgiving those we need to. I certainly didn't when I last found myself in such a situation. It was November 2020, we were back in lockdown and I took the opportunity to watch all the episodes of The Crown great show, basically a dramatization of the Queen's reign and the goings on in the wider royal family. And as I was watching episode after episode, back to back, you know, when it gets to that point where it asks you, are you still watching? Yep, that happened a few times. Uh, But one particular episode sees the great evangelist Billy Graham visiting the UK and receiving an invitation to have an audience with the Queen. Interestingly, she took the opportunity to ask about forgiveness as she was coming to terms with the actions of her uncle, the Duke of Windsor, who had previously decided he didn't want to be king anymore. And in this moment, I reflected on my own life, and the Holy Spirit told me very clearly that I hadn't forgiven everyone I needed to. I know it was the Holy Spirit, because what happened next definitely did not come from my own mind. I was told to go into my phone messages, find a particular person that I used to be very close to, but I had a falling out with, And I was then told to go back to our messages from 2018 and read them again. I found messages that showed I had not displayed forgiveness, but instead allowed resentment to fester and left our friendship unhealed. At 4 a.m., yes, it was a late night weekend session of watching The Crown, um, I prayed and then messaged them to say, sorry, I didn't forgive you as I should have. 
I received a response at 1 p.m., far more sensible time, and they sent childhood photos of us growing up together and said how happy they were to receive my message. Two weeks later, after lockdown, we met for lunch, and today they are again one of my closest friends, and we have a great time every time we see each other. No awkwardness, nothing left unsaid. We truly forgave each other. Who do you need to forgive today? Finally, we pray for strength and protection. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Having asked for forgiveness, it makes sense that Jesus teaches us to then pray not to find ourselves once again on the tempting path back into sin. It's important to remember that being tempted isn't wrongdoing, but it can lead to us doing wrong. There is a choice to be made. I find this prayer a wonderful reminder that we can preemptively try to avoid having to make these tempting choices. If you're on a diet, why would you leave a delicious chocolate cake lying around in plain sight to tempt you? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 advises us to stay away from every kind of evil. This could mean thinking about what we watch or where we hang out, maybe even who we hang out with if we constantly find temptation in front of us. Being guided by God to make the right choices at the outset makes it easier for us to live like Jesus. But rest assured, as it says in 1 Corinthians 10, God is faithful. He will never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And at the same time as guiding us, God can protect us. Evil and danger is all around in this world, especially right now. I pray that God will continue to shelter you and your loved ones from harm, especially as we pray this prayer in faith. And so with all the important things covered, I encourage you to make the Lord's Prayer a daily prayer for you and your family. Pete Gregg, author of How to Pray and his 24-7 uh, prayer team, take a break at 12 noon every day in their office to pray the Lord's Prayer together. Or it could be a guide a way to start your conversation with God. It actually resembles a structure that I often use for my prayer time, which cleverly and conveniently makes a memorable acronym from the word pray. Praise. Just like the Lord's Prayer, we should start our time with God praising his name. Remind yourself how great he is, of the awesome things he has done. This is a chance to say thank you for life, all we have, and how God has come through for us. Then repent. Forgiveness of our sins and our forgiveness of the sins of others is something we can address daily. So let's make it a daily habit in our prayer time. A is for ask. Having expressed praise and thanks, cleared our slate if you like. I like to think our hearts are now in the right place to make requests of God with the right humility and understanding that his will shall be done. Ask for your needs to be met. Ask for God's comfort in a difficult situation. As Jesus said in the passage from Matthew 6, your father knows what you need before you ask him, but still we should ask and place it in his hands. Lastly, I believe prayer is a two-way conversation between us and God. Just like my 4 a.m. moment, God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit. But like any conversation, he needs that space to speak and be listened to. So we must yield. This means leaving room for God to respond. 
You wouldn't go to a wise mentor for advice and spend 95% of your time talking at them, leaving only a little time to actually receive from them. We must leave room for God to speak to us, especially in our quiet moments of prayer. So praise, repent, ask, yield. Try it out as a way to structure your prayer time this week. And as I close, let's say or rather pray the Lord's Prayer together, really focusing on each of the petitions we make and leave room for them to have meaning as we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen.